the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Wednesday, November the 4th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on November 4th, 2008, Democrat Barack Obama was elected first black president of the United States. He defeated Republican John McCain. Today in 1842, Abraham Lincoln married Mary Todd in Springfield. Today in 1916, CBS newsman Walter Cronkite was born in St. Joe, Missouri. Today in 1922, the entrance of King Tut's tomb was discovered in Egypt. Now, Tut is on tour, and uh, he goes through various cities, as you probably know, and is on display. Today in 1979, the Iran hostage crisis began. Militants stormed the United States Embassy in Tehran. They seized its occupants. For some of them, it was the start of a 444-day captivity. Today in 1980, Republican Ronald Reagan won the White House as he defeated President Jimmy Carter by a huge margin. There was not much question about the vote on that one. Interestingly enough, on the very day that Republican Ronald Reagan took office, was inaugurated, the people in Iran decided they didn't want to deal with him, so they let our captives go on the very day that Reagan became president. Today in 1991, Ronald Reagan opened his presidential library in Simi Valley, California. Attending that, it was interesting because it's the only time, uh, it's the first ever gathering of that many presidents, President George H.W. Bush and former presidents Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, and Richard Nixon, first ever gathering of five past and present U.S. chief executives in one place at one time. Today in 2008, California voters approved Proposition 8, constitutional amendment outlawing same-sex so-called marriage, overturning a state Supreme Court decision that gave gay couples the right to wed just months earlier. Today in 2014, Republicans captured control of the Senate and tightened their grip on the House of Representatives. I'm sure you, as I, watched the election returns last night very carefully. I did. And I know many of you did as well, because some of you have been communicating with us even overnight, but many of you through notes that you send in when you support our ministry. I know that you're very interested in this. I also know that 55% of America says they are more stressed out yesterday and undoubtedly again today than they've ever been in their life. 55% of Americans more than half of us are more stressed out today, yesterday, and I'm sure again today, 
than we've ever been in our life. That's how this election has gripped America and the world. The world is paying rapt attention to this election because America is still the most powerful, the most influential, the most prosperous, the most innovative, and yes, the most exceptional nation in the history of the world. Last night, I kept watching those returns, as I'm sure you did, and I kept thinking, come on, come on. Finally, things begin, it, it just, you got a feeling that things were, something was going on behind the scenes, and you don't know what it is exactly. I was watching Fox part of the time, and they started getting giddy around 11 o'clock or whatever, uh, our time, Pacific time. And um, I was watching OAN. I was watching some of that. We flipped over to MSNBC or CNN or whatever, and they were assuring their viewers that Biden had this thing in the bag, and he didn't and doesn't. And all of that was going on, and then all of a sudden, Biden comes out and makes this speech. And I thought, what is this? Uh, it kind of sounded like I'm going to win, but I'm asking you to restrain yourself for a little while longer while we keep counting votes. I mean, that was kind of the tone of it. So then after that, as you know, undoubtedly, and maybe you sat up and watched all this, but in case you didn't, let me just prompt a little bit. Then, uh, <laughs> then Trump told the press that he too would be making a statement. His statement was much more consequential than Joe Biden. It always is, because Joe Biden doesn't have a lot to say. And that's the mystery of how he got this far, by basically staying in hiding and not saying much. And when he did, often he would make up words that, I mean, are, were not even words. I mean, even the press would spell them out phonetically, the, th the utterances that he would make. And, and it was just a word that doesn't exist. It's just a sound. So they have hidden him all these months. And now here we are at this. The nation stands at the threshold on the precipice of either remaining America or becoming something very, very different. And I know it's easy to say those words, but I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I believe it with all my heart that this decision, how this ultimately ends up, is about much more than Trump and Biden. It's about much more than political parties, Democrat, Republican, or whatever. But this is the way that in a democracy, in a republic that practices some form of democracy, this is how it works. And it works through the political system. And now we know, and we've learned this last year, that our system has become corrupted. The corruption has been used to try to destroy Trump, for sure. But we do know there is. There's human error and there's outright corruption in our system. So that's what led Donald Trump, President Trump, last night around 2 o'clock, 2.30. In fact, it was 2.21 a.m. Eastern in D.C. when he came out to speak to the press and to the nation. 2.21 a.m. Here's what he actually said early this morning, last night. 
He declared himself the likely victor of the presidential election, and he vowed to go to the Supreme Court to stop Democrats from using, quote, fraud to help Joe Biden win. President Trump said, quote, millions and millions of people voted for us tonight, and a very sad group of people is trying to disenfranchise that group of people, and we won't stand for it. Trump said he didn't offer any evidence because the evidence is abundant. The press today is saying, well, he makes those statements, but there's no evidence. Well, there is. I don't even have time today to take you through all of the evidence that I know about, and I'm just me out here. I mean, there's people that know a lot more about the fraud than I do, but I know enough to talk about it for an hour. So they're accusing him of saying these things without any evidence. There is plenty of evidence, and they all know it. The press knows it, and Trump knows it. But anyway, in the East Room of the White House, he gave a talk, and boy, it was direct, and a lot of people felt uncomfortable with it. I was wondering where he was going, to be honest with you, because you never know for sure. But he said, this is a fraud on the American people. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, I'm quoting him. Frankly, we did win this election. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity. He said, quote, President Trump will be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We don't want them to find any ballots at 4 o'clock in the morning and add them to the list. Okay. He said, we'll win this, and as far as I'm concerned, we already have. As you could imagine, that set fire to the left. They went berserk. And those that finally were, were sleeping when he was saying that, they found out about it this morning, and they are in meltdown mode. They are stammering and stuttering and saying words that shouldn't be said and I would never repeat. They are beside themselves. Honestly, they are. No evidence, they say. <clears throat> Trump just arbitrarily called it. They're saying, well, that's what third world dictators do. And, all. and it is. That's what they do. But Trump isn't doing that exactly. He's calling out a threat of corruption or a threat of, a threat of inability, in the best case, of handling mail-in votes. And it's significant. This year, in just in the primaries of this year, let's go back a couple of months. In April, the New York Times ran a feature story. And the feature story began with this. This was in April. Three tubs of absentee ballots that never reached voters were discovered in a postal center outside Milwaukee. We're talking about Wisconsin. We're going to come back to Wisconsin in just a moment. But I'm quoting the New York Times. Discovered in a postal center outside Milwaukee, at least 9,000 absentee ballots requested by voters were never sent. Others recorded as sent were never received. Even when voters did return their completed ballots in the mail, thousands were postmarked too late to count, or not at all. Cracks in the Wisconsin vote-by-mail operation are now emerging, the New York Times says, after the state scrambled to expand the effort on the fly for voters who feared going to the polls in Tuesday's elections. That would be Tuesday in April, their primary election. The takeaways is that the election network and the Postal Service, I'm quoting the Times, were pushed to the brink of their capabilities, and their mistakes were clearly made are instinctively 
for other states if they choose to broaden vote-by-mail methods without sufficient time, money, and planning. More than, they say, more than 860,000 completed absentee ballots had been returned by Tuesday, however, a record for Wisconsin spring elections. But for thousands of other voters who never received their ballots, there was only one recourse, putting their health at risk, defying a stay-at-home order to vote in person during the coronavirus pandemic. Federal health officials have suggested, the Times said, that expanding voting by mail could help reduce crowds at polling places. So they go on and on about uh, shutdown, and that's a good thing, and we have to not get around each other and everything. Then they say this, the mix of missing and mismarked ballots suggests that thousands of Wisconsin voters were effectively disenfranchised. And they talk about a decision that was made in, a, in, a, in the court that week. This, again, was last spring in, in, in April. I noticed that the New York Times updated that again in September because this, this whole notion here was being litigated. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was living and on the court at the time, she said, my deep concern is that over people making honest mistakes and people purposely affecting the outcome of elections. I, my concern is that so many voters will be disenfranchised. Now, this is Donald Trump saying this. This is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now we can fast forward to give you a picture of where we are today. And I don't want to get lost in the weeds of details here, but the, the, nation, the nation stands literally at the threshold, at the brink, however you want to characterize it in your own mind. And as this election goes... We will never come back to this point. We will either proceed to reinforce and to restructure and re-energize ourselves as the America that our founders envisioned and that our founders created, or we will become something that we will not recognize and something that we would not want to hand over to our children and our grandchildren. We will become a nation continue to be divided deeply because we're not divided over political beliefs. We're divided over values or the lack thereof. One part of America believes that there are absolute values. Life is sacred. They believe in the sanctity of life. I certainly do, and I know many of you do. We believe that God created life. We believe that God has a plan for that child in the womb. The Bible says he does. We believe that life must be protected. We believe that everyone, including the unborn child, who is the most vulnerable, has a right to life. They don't. Not at all. And it, you, know, you know the talking points, but these are the, this is the essence of where we are today in America. And that's why this election is not just an exercise in politics. This is deciding whether our nation, what it will become under God, and what it will not become. So, fast forward. 
Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, they are saying this morning, is probably the key to who will win the presidency. I, I don't have time to get into all of it, but there's there's a few states. There's about six states that are pending this morning. But let's talk for a moment about Pennsylvania. In November the 1st, like four day, three days ago, there was a story that came out, and it was in a number of different um, outlets, news outlets. And it started like this, and I'm quoting, somewhere between the post office and the Pittsburgh sorting facility, something happened. So said Butler County Elections Director Aaron Schleasley. He said, regarding, excuse me, regarding thousands of mail-in ballots requested in this heavily GOP county, something went very wrong and they were never received. To be precise, approximately 40,000 mail-in ballots were requested in this one Pennsylvania county, not the whole state. This is just one example. There, there are others that are verified. But in this one county, and now Pennsylvania stands as probably the, the gateway to who will win this election, this presidential election. In this one county of eight, uh, 187,853 people, 129,762 registered voters. The county came back later, in fairness, and said, "No, there's 150,000." I don't. That sounds awfully rounded to me, but they said there's 150,000 voters. But only 21,300 of those thousands of ballots that had been sent out had been returned as of two day, three days ago. Now, the county has gotten over 10,000 phone calls from people saying, where's my ballot? They never got them. School journalism of uh, Walter Cronkite School of Journalism is at the Arizona State University in Tempe, a suburb of Phoenix. They're reporting in a study that they did this summer that they found that there have been 2,068 prosecutions for election fraud. Mail-in ballot fraud represented the most frequent type of case prosecuted, made up 24% of the total, they're saying. Walter Cronkite, School of Journalism, Arizona State University. They went into a deep dive on all this research that they've done, which I'm not going to do. But what they found was, they says that they found several people who are operatives in this kind of work of changing ballots, stealing ballots so they can be reconstituted and used after the fact. Once an election in a state or a county becomes, it's fairly clear who's going to win. They can actually, they have these ballots that they can have stolen one way or another and they can reconstitute them. In other words, fill them out, change them, whatever, and feed them into the system and affect the outcome. They have this one guy who they are protecting his uh, anonymity, which obviously go to prison, but they're, they're very careful about not identifying him. But what they say in their report, Walter Cronkite, School of Journalism, Arizona State University, 
They say his dirty work has taken him through the weeds of municipal and federal elections in Patterson, Atlantic City, Camden, Newark, Hoboken, Hudson County, and his fingerprints can be found in local legislative, mayoral, congressional races in the Garden State. Some of the biggest names and highest office holders in New Jersey have benefited from his tricks. Moreover, this guy, he's a Democrat, he says, and they quote him, he not only changed ballots himself over the years, but led teams of fraudsters and mentored at least 20 operatives in New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, a critical 2020 swing state. It goes on to say that they have been particularly active in Butler County, Butler County, Pennsylvania. Yesterday in Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Sapiro, a Democrat, he urged all state residents to seek election assistance. This is the Attorney General. He urged all residents to seek election assistance from the Pennsylvania Democratic Party. He said, if you need help, and he put out as official on his official social media from his office as Attorney General, he said, quote, need help with your mail-in ballot, finding out where to vote or something else? He said, call the at PA, Pennsylvania, Democrats Voter Assistance Hotline. Someone will answer and help you out. Now, this Josh Sapiro, not to be confused with Ben Shapiro, he, he's a, they're not the same guy. This Shapiro, this tweet comes after Democrat official, as Attorney General of the state, three days ago on, on Sunday, he, he claimed that the presidential election, he said, if all the votes are added up in Pennsylvania, Trump is going to lose. If all the votes are added up, he said, that's why we're working overtime to subtract as many votes as possible from the process, he said on Saturday. This is Attorney General of the state. He said, for the record, it's 0-6 against us in court. We've protected voting rights. Now ignore all the noise and vote, and I guarantee Trump is not going to win. I mean, you would expect that from Nancy Pelosi. But from an attorney general of Pennsylvania, former Democrat, New York State Assemblyman, turned a Trump reporter, Dom, his name is Dov Heinkind. He switched. He used to be for the Democrats. Now he's a Republican. He said, does anyone know why a sitting attorney general in a swing state is assuring us Trump will lose this state tomorrow? He said that on Monday. He said, if all the votes are added up, does he know or is he planning something we're clueless about and then wonder why POTUS wants to send in his lawyers? Other people are raising this same question today. The Federalist co-founder, Sean Davis, he said this morning, before a single vote has been counted, um, before a single vote had been counted, Pennsylvania's Democrat attorney general was declaring that Biden has already won and promising to litigate the state into Biden's corner. Others are saying some of the same things. So this is why Trump, this is why Trump did what he did last night. I'm not defending him. I'm just explaining what happened. 
it took me off guard. I got to be honest with you. When I saw him come out and basically say, I'm declaring myself to be the winner. He didn't say that, but I mean, that was the tone of it. Well, the Democrats, they just went berserk and they still are this morning. They're just beside themselves. I mean, they can't find words to express the hatred and the the emotion that they're feeling and all of that. I can't tell you how all this is going to end. I can tell you what I'm praying for and believing for. But that's what's going on in our country today. And that's why that's why we've got we've got to stay close to the word of God. Pennsylvania last night suspended counting. Then a couple of other states, important states, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, suspended counting. What are they doing? Well, they're not counting. Well, Gary, they're just kind of getting some sleep so they can keep counting. That's what the explanation was. But, I mean, who believes that? If you know what we know, and there's a whole lot that we probably don't know that's going on behind the scenes. That is the drama of this election. It's unlike anything I've seen in my life, and I'm over 40. I've been around a while. I've never seen anything like this. There's always been contention. I mean, that's part of the democratic way when you vote like we do. Thank God for what we have here in America. But I, I got to tell you, this, this, this system has been so abused by the people who advocate for cultural Marxism and progressivism and relativism and all of this junk that's going on that's ultimately destructive. It destroys individuals. It destroys nations. History is is replete with all of that. I mean, it, you, all you have to do is read what happened. And it'll happen here, unless God saves us from ourselves. Because that's where they're pushing this country now. The greatest, the, the beacon of light, the city on a hill, where capitalism gives everybody an opportunity to go out. They don't, in a, in a society like ours has been, you don't go out and, and, and create the outcome. And that's exactly what Kamala Harris has been doing. And believe me, if Joe Biden is elected, she will be president of the United States. He can't make it four years. I don't even know if he wants to. He just wants to be president. That's all. His lifelong dream, all he's ever done is politics. And this this whole campaign has exposed what he's accomplished during that. There's been two or three bills that he's gotten passed in all these 47 years. And I'm not trying to put him down. I'm just saying, what's the matter with us? Why can't we see clearly? It's because our vision, our worldview, and our vision has been clouded by by secularism and by socialism and by cultural Marxism. And here we are today. Trump, I'm not suggesting he gets all this stuff, but he probably does. And I don't know what his spiritual life is. God knows. But he understands part of this, and that's why he's cutting through all of the noise and saying, hey, we're winning. Now, when they count all the votes, who knows what's happening overnight? Who knows what's going on in the back rooms of some of these states? But Pennsylvania is going to be a key state in who decides and how this election finally comes out. And it will go to the courts. Trump said tomorrow morning, which is this morning, he said, I'm going to start the process. So we'll see what happens today. 
Thanks for being with me today. This is a little bit different program because we're telling it to you as it's happening. I'll see you tomorrow.